This is the Bible in One Year Express, day 354. Three ways to overcome evil. In the last speech he ever made on the 31st of March, 1968, Martin Luther King repeated the phrase, We shall overcome, over and over again. He was echoing the words of folk singer Joan Bias, who in 1963 led a crowd of 300,000 people in singing, We shall overcome. The song speaks of overcoming and of discovering hope and a future amid adversity. Throughout this year, as we've studied the entire Bible, we've seen that we should not expect an easy life. The Bible is true to real life. Life involves many struggles, trials, tests, temptations, difficulties, and battles. Yet in Christ, you can be an overcomer. From Psalm 145 The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he's made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. God's love overcomes everything. Love is the most powerful force in the world. We overcome through love. This was the message of Martin Luther King who said, Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. God is the source of love. He is compassionate, rich in love. He has compassion on all he has made. It is God's love that overcomes evil. In all your relationships, especially when you encounter great difficulties, imitate God, be gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. God's love is not a weak or feeble love. It's backed up by his power and might. God's people will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts. This is something you can rely on through all generation, for God's kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. As he declares God's love and power together, it is no wonder that David turns to praise. All you have made will praise you, O Lord. Your saints will extol you. Lord, thank you that although the battles in this life may be great, we will overcome and enjoy the glorious splendor of your kingdom forever. New Testament from Revelation 12 and 13 A great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of twelve stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its heads. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth 
so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God, where she would be taken care of for 1,260 days. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient snake called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth, and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now has come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters, who accuses them before our God day and night, has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Jesus overcomes the devil. Do you sometimes feel guilty, even after you've confessed your sin and asked for forgiveness? Do you sometimes feel bad about yourself for no apparent reason? Do you ever experience a vague, nebulous feeling of condemnation? This is one of the ways in which the devil operates. He is the accuser. The Hebrew word for Satan means accuser or slanderer. He accuses God before people. God gets the blame for everything. God, he says, is not to be trusted. He also accuses Christians before God. He denies the power of the death of Jesus. He condemns you and makes you feel guilty, not necessarily for any particular sin, but with a general and vague feeling of guilt. In contrast, when the Holy Spirit convinces us of our sin, he's always specific. This passage tells us how the devil can be overcome. The book of Revelation opens up what is happening behind the events of history and reveals what is ahead. Over and over again, John recapitulates the story from the first coming of Christ to the second coming. Each time there is conflict and persecution, but ultimately there is victory and celebration. There are three protagonists in chapter 12. First, the Son. Jesus is the Son who will shepherd all nations. He is placed safely before God on his throne. Second, the devil. The devil is described as the red dragon. His identity is revealed in verse 9. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He is the accuser. Third, the woman. Perhaps the most obvious interpretation is that the woman is Mary, the mother of Jesus. Other suggestions are that she's personified wisdom, the heavenly Jerusalem, personified Israel or the church. Given the nature of apocalyptic writing and its many layers of interpretation, she may represent all of these. The woman is clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and a crown of twelve stars on her head. She was giving birth to a child. After her child was snatched up to God and to his throne, the woman fled into the desert to a place prepared for her by God where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. That is three and a half years. Later on, we read that the serpent tries to sweep the woman away, but the earth helped the woman by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. What is clear in this passage is that in the end, 
Jesus overcomes the devil and his allies. Behind the scenes of human history are great intelligent forces of good and evil. There was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. In the end, good overcomes evil. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down to the earth, and his angels with him. He attempts to lead the whole world astray. Right now, you are at war with the demonic forces of evil. But victory is secure. They overcame him. They are the church, the people of God who are in Christ. Him is Satan, the devil, the accuser, the serpent, who will ultimately be destroyed. You overcome him in three ways. First, trust in the blood. The cross of Jesus, the blood of the Lamb, is the supreme victory over the devil. You can be sure of your standing before God. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You do not need to wake up feeling guilty or go to bed feeling guilty. As Corrie ten Boom pointed out, the blood of Christ is like tears in the eyes. It washes away the specks of dirt. Second, tell your story. They overcame by the word of their testimony. Your testimony is the most powerful way of overcoming opposition to faith. It's hard to argue with your story. No one can deny your personal experience. Third, take risks for Jesus. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. They weren't in love with themselves. They were willing to die for Christ. You can be absolutely sure of your future. Therefore, you can take the risk of betting your life on Jesus, safe in his arms. Lord, thank you that the moment we side with Jesus, we're on the winning side. Help me overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of my testimony, and by being willing to risk my life for you. Old Testament from Ezra 6 and 7 Do not interfere with the work on the temple of God. The temple was completed on the third day of the month, Adar in the sixth year of the reign of King Darius. Then the people of Israel, the priests, the Levites, and the rest of the exiles celebrated the dedication of the house of God with joy. The people of God overcome opposition. Mark Twain once said, The dictionary is the only place where success comes before work. Vision without work is just a daydream. The church will not be rebuilt without God's hand. But equally, it will not be rebuilt without hard work, commitment and application. Although work on the temple was held up because of opposition, eventually King Darius issued an order. They found the original decree of King Cyrus ordering that the temple be rebuilt. Darius then reissued the order that construction should continue on the house of God, and that no one should interfere. The temple was completed in 515 BC. This was a cause of enormous celebration and joy. They celebrated with joy, because the Lord had filled them with joy. There was then a long period of silence between the end of chapter 6 and the beginning of chapter 7, possibly 458 BC. Ezra is introduced as the one who, above all others, was responsible for the establishment of the law, for the religious and social life of the community of the people of God, 
after they returned from many years of exile in Babylon. Ezra was a teacher, and the hand of the Lord his God was on him. Ezra had committed himself to studying the revelation of God, to living it, and to teaching Israel to live its truths and ways. Study of God's words without action is worthless. Ezra's example gives a wonderful model to follow. Immerse yourself in God's word, committing time and effort to studying it. Realize that on its own, this is not enough. Allow God's word to shape and change your life as well. Put it into action and teach others to do the same. Lord, thank you that you give me ultimate victory over all obstacles and opposition, and that you fill me with great joy. Help me to study the revelation of God, to live it out, and to teach others to live its truths and ways. Pippa adds, Revelation 12 verse 9 says, The great dragon was hurled down, the ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. It's good that the devil was thrown out of heaven. It's just a pity that he's here on earth, but not for long. And he is defeated.